0: So Money, episode 332, Steve Camp.
1: You're listening to So Money with award-winning money guru, Farnoosh Torabi. Each day, get a 30-minute dose of financial inspiration from the world's top business minds, authors, influencers, and from Farnoosh herself
0: So money is brought to you today by Wealthfront. Wealthfront is the most tax-efficient, low-cost, hassle-free way to invest. Now, many of you I know are interested in simplifying your investment strategy. You want to reduce fees. You want to work with a service that you trust. And Wealthfront delivers. It builds and manages your personalized, globally diversified portfolio. To open an account, the minimum is just $500. And that gets you a periodically rebalanced, diversified portfolio of low-cost, index funds. There are zero trading fees, zero hidden fees, and advisory fees that are just a fraction of traditional advisors. In fact, Wealthfront manages your first $10,000 for free. To learn more and sign up, visit Wealthfront.com. Hey, you're listening to So Money, everyone. Welcome back. I'm your host, Farnoosh Tarabi. Quick question for you. Okay, so who was your favorite superhero growing up? Who was mine? I think... I don't know. I liked Catwoman. I was Catwoman for Halloween one year. I liked the Care Bears. They kind of had superpowers. But like really, who am I kidding? I didn't even watch action movies. I didn't read comic books. My brother was really into the Power Rangers. But I mean, I was too busy running my own pretend newspaper and bossing around my Cabbage Patch dolls. I was an only child until 11, so you can only imagine I needed some friends at home. And this has a point. Our guest today is Steve Cam. And get this, he's a self-proclaimed rebel leader at his website, Nerd Fitness, and he just released his first book called Level Up Your Life, which is all about how to be a real-life superhero. There, you see? I wasn't just rambling. Steve is on the show today. He's going to talk about how he went from a dead-end corporate job filled with anxiety to living his dream life of seeking adventure, whether it's flying stunt planes in New Zealand or gambling in a tux at Casino de Monte Carlo. Yep, he did that. And shares how you can do it too. Oh, isn't that sweet? <laughs> Here is Steve Cam. Steve Cam, welcome to So Money. Very excited to connect with you voice to voice. Congratulations on your new book. You just moved to New York City. Lots of changes, good changes going on in your life. Welcome to So Money.
1: Farnus, thank you so much for having me. This is just such a, a cool opportunity and, uh, glad we got to connect in person a while back and excited to be on here.
0: I mean, if there was one word to capture my take on you, it's like three letters, fun. You're a fun guy. <laughs> you make fitness fun. You make. The art of book writing fun. Your book is colorful and interesting and exciting and lively. Uh, I've met you in person now, so I know that's also a fact that you are a fun guy in person. And I, I love your mission, which is, as you say on your website, you're here to help desk jockeys, nerds, and average Joes level up their lives. You're like the superhero for the average guy and some gals. Tell us how you got on this epic journey and why you wanted to do this i mean i I know i can guess it started with a a personal journey but at some point you were like i think i want to help the masses so take us back
1: Sure. It's it's been a it's been an interesting process. I think at this point it's been something like 7 or 8 years since I first started uh, nerdfitness.com, which is the company that I now run. And it started all those years ago because I just wanted to help people get fit. I I had, you know, spent many years of my own life trying to get healthy and stronger and and live a better life and and really struggled with it for a lot of time. And couldn't find anything on the internet that truly spoke my language. You know, I was like, well, I I like to build computers, I love Harry Potter, I love Lord of the Rings and playing video games, but I also like really enjoy this staying fit stuff too. So I wonder if there are other people out there like myself that are also interested in getting fit, don't have six years to to make mistakes like I did, and uh would never go to crossfit.com or would never go to bodybuilding.com. And the idea of going to a gym seems pretty intimidating to them. So I thought I had an opportunity to help my people, and my people being the, the nerd community. So I googled nerd and fitness, and nothing popped up. So I bought nerdfitness.com and just started writing articles. And over the course of, I think it was about two years, while working a regular day job, I worked on nerd fitness every afternoon, evening, and night and slowly built up a small community of people that are now all over the world and have since turned it into this pretty large community um, just uh, of people from six different continents. Like I don't think we have anybody in Antarctica yet, maybe. Uh, But we have people from all over the world that are helping each other get fit. And it's become this pretty cool movement of people.
0: And not just getting fit physically, but I'm sure your work is intersecting so many other levels and aspects of – health and wellness.
1: Yeah. It's, uh, that, you know, that's, that's, I'm sorry about the sirens in the background. The big, big part of the moving to New York City <laughs> is getting the full experience. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, the tagline for Nerd Fitness is, has, has been level up your life, which is the same name of the book that I just put out. Uh, and it's this concept of looking at your life as if it was a video game or as if you were a character in, in a story, you know, very similar. It's like you're, you're a hero on your own journey. So I, I've found time and time again that people, uh, have found a way to, who, who have found a way to, to start changing their lives physically also then carry that over to other aspects of their lives whether it's helping them become financially independent or they move on to a different job or they start spending their free time doing other activities that make them happy like dancing or learning a musical instrument learning a foreign language starting to travel etc so i honestly see the fitness aspect of nerd fitness being just a catalyst to helping people look at other aspects of their lives and say like well if i can fix this one part of it like What are some other things I can look into? Uh, So that's been the reason why I I spent the past few years writing this book called Level Up Your Life. It kind of chronicles my own personal journey of uh, creating nerd fitness and, and finding financial independence, building my business. Actually, spent a year and a half traveling around the world, living out of a backpack, and came back from that trip more financially stable than when I had left. And it also follows the journey of men and women, young and old, uh, single and divorced, kids and no kids, from my community that have followed this same path and and used it to to level up their own lives as well. It's it's been pretty fun to. It's been a great time to write, and I'm really excited to share it with the world.
0: This concept of being a part-time blogger while having a day job and then having that blog take on a life of its own, lead to a book, lead you to some travel, basically jumpstart a new career for yourself, does that happen anymore? Um, are blogs still a viable way to get out there and to connect with people? I just feel like there are hundreds of millions of blogs. Now the new thing is podcasting. What's your take on that whole medium of what's, the, you know, that, the internet thing, sure. how do you yeah. maximize, <laughs> like if I'm, I'm thinking about listeners, you know, they're, a lot of them are still in that corporate job that, and they're, they want to break out they want to use something easy, accessible, inexpensive, like a web domain to get out there. Um, can you still do it?
1: Great, great question. Well, I'm, I'm fortunate enough that I was quite ignorant when I started because I th- think if I had talked to anybody else or had done any research, if you had talked to me, you I'm wouldn't sure have every, done it. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody would have told me, like, why would you start a fitness blog? There's already, you know, millions of fitness blogs out there. Like, you're entering the most crowded space on the internet. Like, what are you thinking? Um, and fortunately, I didn't listen to them. And I did spend two years building an audience and slowly honing my craft and, and creating a community. And then, and then eventually creating products to, to help the members of the community and, and truly turn it from a blog into a business. So I don't think it's dead, uh, the, this idea of, oh, create a blog, start a business, et cetera. But everybody kind of gets sold that dream on the internet, and they're like, oh, start a blog, and you know, two months later, money just starts shooting out of your computer. It doesn't work that way. It requires a significant amount of time, energy, and effort. You also have to enter it knowing that it might take years and years to, to build the size of a big enough audience. And not only that, but you have to find a way to stand out. So for me, you know, now it's kind of it's funny, like thanks to all the Marvel movies, like being in shape and nerdy is kind of like it's in right now. Eight years ago, it wasn't. It was just the thing that I wanted to do. So instead of trying to cater to everybody in the fitness niche, uh, niche, niche, depending on how you want to pronounce it, um, I cater to a very specific group of people. I
0: believe it's niche.
1: No. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh so what I did was I, I catered to not just fitness people but actually I catered to people that probably weren't interested in fitness that would consider themselves brand new beginners and also thought of themselves as nerdy so like it cut it down to such a small group of people that I could speak our language and get through to them in a way that felt good to them and honest and and helpful to me and we could create a group that way. So whether you're starting a podcast or you are starting a blog, uh, I did it the same way as everybody else. I bought a domain for 10 bucks and hosting for 60 bucks for the year. And that was the initial investment into Nerd Fitness. And since then I ha- haven't taken on any additional investment. I still own um you know 100% of the company and it has grown dramatically since then, but it all started with that and spent, you know, like I said it was 2 years of writing every day, connecting with people, asking readers what they wanted to see the most, making um, important pivots throughout those two years Uh, once I learned what worked and what didn't and and have built it since then. So I don't think it's dead. I just think you have to approach it the right way and also expect that it might take a significant amount of time before you get there.
0: That's fair. Yeah, it's going to take time. But what you did, which was really Admirable and hard is you were consistent. You talked, you did this every day. You didn't give up. You have to actually really love what you're blogging about. And it helps if you're, you're a guinea pig in whatever you're writing about.
1: Yeah, actually, I, I kind of looked at it like, um, if I was a superhero, then my afternoon was my alter ego. So by day, I was a marketing assistant at a job that created um, music festivals. And by night, I was the rebel leader of a community of nerds around the world and helping them get fit. So like I could, I, it, it, it was like this duality to my life and it allowed me to to really you know go all in on one during the day and then jump and flip switches at night to the other one. And I think another thing that I did was really helpful was I really cut my personal expenses as as much as I could so that instead of having to take on a giant investment or you know kickstart it in a certain way that got really stressful, as long as I could make more money than I was spending each month and if I could spend very little, the amount I needed to make uh, was very little, which then kind of proved it to myself like, okay, if I can make this work and make $1 more than I spent last month, all it takes now is just to scale this up and and grow it from there. So it's been a process, but it's been it's been both fun and incredibly educational as well.
0: How did you like the whole book writing process? This was your this is your first book. You're with a huge publisher, Rodale. Were there any surprises or were you just enjoying every minute of it because it was it's such a, <laughs> it's such a it's such an opportunity, right, to get a big book deal from a major publisher?
1: Yeah, I, so throughout the book, I consistently call back to the idea of this hero's journey, and it's a concept that every great story in history, from the Bible all the way up through Harry Potter and The Hunger Games and uh, Lord of the Rings, all follow a very similar story arc. And it's this, you know, this guy or guy or girl from humble, ordinary beginnings. Uh, receives this call to action, finds a mentor, goes into this extraordinary world, solves a problem or slays a dragon, saves uh, somebody, finds a treasure, and returns home a changed person. I felt like I went on a hero's journey myself while writing this book. Um, it was a definite, it was definitely a departure for me because I had been publishing two articles a week on Nerd Fitness for five, six years. And to suddenly shift from having to write something that was going to be published a few days later to instead write something that wouldn't be seen for two years and everything I had to write had to cohesively tie itself together, uh, was a challenge. I remember the first draft I finished, like I think Rodale told me my first draft was supposed to be 60,000 words and I hit enter on the last sentence and I had written like 105,000 words. Like I had written almost two full books. I was like, oh man, uh, there's probably a good book in here. I don't know where it is yet, but uh, I, I'm going to find it. And I thought that was really kind of helpful for me to just like that first few months. Like, dude, don't worry if this is good. Don't worry if it all makes sense. Just get it out of you and then we can go back, uh, rework it and and put it back together and, and, and make it happen. So uh, it was a challenge for sure. But I truly, like, I really enjoyed it. And very similar to how I started Nerd Fitness is how I wrote the book. I, I woke up every day and, like, uh I used a program called Scrivener where – I had a certain number of words I had to write every day and every time I hit wrote a word this little progress bar would fill up and change from red to orange to yellow to green and then it would give the satisfying ding when I wrote enough words that day so very much like any video game like I could see the progress on my screen as it was happening and uh like I I I had a blast I mean sure it's it was different working with a publisher getting an outside editor to read my work and and things like that but I truly enjoyed it and I Fully intend to write uh, more books, you know, if there's an opportunity to do so, because I, I enjoyed it. I had a lot of fun.
0: Where were you when you learned you got the book deal? Everyone has that moment, right? Like, hopefully, this will be the first of many books for you. And when you look back, this this will be um, the book that kind of set off a whole new chapter in your life. <laughs> no pun intended. Um, <laughs> but where were you? Like, what were you doing? To, like, take us to that moment, because that's such a so money moment.
1: I actually, I remember exactly where I was. I was in Nashville, Tennessee, and I was um I was volunteering at a children's hospital, like at the at that exact moment. And I remember this because I, I was working with an agent and uh you know the book had gone to I don't know if you call it, you call it like an auction where there's like a few publishers that are interested in, which is really exciting. So I'd get a text message or a phone call from, from the agent every half hour, hour. I'd say like, hey, this person came in with this offer and then the other one come back. So like I'm in this hospital trying to like be present and and volunteer and help these kids and my phone is exploding in my pocket with like this life changing opportunity and like I'm trying to be cool and not freak out but I totally freaked out and like, I was like, excuse myself, go to the bathroom, look at my phone again, <laughs> see what the next offer was and, and like get this giant giddy smile on my face. And it was kind of cool. Cause you know, as, as grateful as I was for that experience, it was also, um, is pretty neat to, to, to have it happen in a location. I'm like how fortunate I was to have that opportunity and to surround myself with, with other kids that were just happy to have me there too. It was, it was, mm. um, you know a humbling and and remind a great reminder that like certain things are really important and other things although they are very important you know still pale in comparison to uh, other things you can do
0: right wow well you're going to help a lot of people with this book as i said in a fun way and so let's have more fun and talk about your your money mindset share with us your financial philosophy to. steve i am from the guy who went abroad for a year and a half and came back richer
1: <laughs> a few things, one is automate whenever you can um, and that 's because I find that willpower is fleeting. I think it 's very similar to somebody that you know stocks a house full of junk food and and then has to Contain themselves all day long. Like my apartment, I don't have junk food anywhere because I know I would eat it all day. Same thing with money. So I automate it whenever possible. As soon as I get a paycheck from um, Nerd Fitness, which you know I pay myself a salary, uh, a majority, uh, some of it goes into automatic savings account, which is split up into different sections. Some of it goes into a you know a, an account managed by Vanguard, and some of it goes into an emergency fund, etc. So anything that's left in my bank account, I can spend guilt free on certain things and more often than not the things that i spend my money on are experiences uh, over possessions and that might be spending additional money to get a great seat at a concert or going on a trip of a lifetime or signing up for some great experience that wouldn't have happened and anytime i do find buy something that's like a possession i try to make them things that either improve my life or uh, make me want to even continue further down this path of, you know, to reference the book, level up my life.
0: What was your experience with money growing up that now as a, an adult has transformed you?
1: Sure. Uh, well, I was very fortunate to have been raised by two really loving parents and, uh, and a Nintendo entertainment system, which was, I think both, both me my too. parents and the, <laughs> and the Nintendo were very influential in, in my upbringing. And like my earliest money memory now, the that I'm thinking back to is I think I was probably four or five and I grew up on, on Cape Cod in a town called Sandwich, well, actually East Sandwich, um, which was, you know, I lived probably five, 10 minutes from the beach. And I remember during the summer times, I would go to the beach with my parents and I'd walk up down the beach and collect quahog shells, these giant, White shells. I remember I had like a trash bag full of them, and I brought them home and we bleached them, and then I would paint Red Sox logos on the inside of them, and then I sat in a lawn chair in my front yard and we would sell them to people that drove by. Wow. In front of our house, I think I sold them for like fifty cents or something. And I remember, ma- like one day, I made ten bucks, and it was like the greatest ten dollars I had ever made, and
0: that's 20 uh, anyway, you know, units that you sold. <laughs> <laughs> that's a lot. Right,
1: which is funny. I lived in this quiet neighborhood, you know, like a moderately sized home on in a quiet, like I was like a local that grew up on Cape Cod. Everybody's only there for summer times usually, but uh yeah, and I think people mostly just felt bad for me because I don't think my drawings were that great. But it was it was the start of a long uh youthful entrepreneur journey for me. So after that, I remember selling, um, creepy crawlies while I was in school until I got in trouble for doing that. And then I made bracelets and sold those. And then when I got older, I used to have a lawn mowing business where I'd, you know, walk a lawnmower around my neighborhood and, and, uh, and help people there, you know, car washing, sh- shoveling snow, raking leaves, etc. It's just something that I think my parents had always instilled upon me is like, you're responsible for you. And if you bust your butt, like you can make a great, you can make a great living for yourself. So those are the the earliest memories I have for me of like work hard and work hard, but earn your keep. And when you do, you know, the money that comes in, you'll be really satisfying because you're essentially responsible for it.
0: How do you backpack through Europe for a year and a half and come out on top financially? (laughs) Tell me that. I mean, you, want, were you were you were hosteling it were you sleeping on couches
1: oh uh, hostels and sleeping on couches and what i would do is at this time i had i had just recently quit my day job and went to focus on, on nerd fitness full time and i still wasn't making very much each month i mean let's see i think you know maybe 2000 3000 bucks a month um, through the website you know, which, which, and I didn't have a lot of runway saved up, but I, I did the, I did the math and, and started calculating like how much it would cost me to live while living, you know, how much it would cost me to travel and, and then compare that to how much it cost me to live a quote unquote stable, safe life in Atlanta, Georgia at the time. And it turns out like if I could kind of travel hack my way around the world, it would be cheaper for me to travel than it would be for me to run, than it would be for me to stay in Atlanta. So I ended up signing up for a few credit cards, paid them off in full each month, but earned enough airline miles to actually book my around the world ticket. So I, I, I think it ended up costing like $419. It was 130, 140,000 American airline points. So I wrote an article called How to Travel the World for 419 bucks and it ended up getting syndicated by Gizmodo and became like their number two how to article of 2010. Wow. So it was kind of fun. Yeah, it was kind of fun to, to look And a look star at it is like, born. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was, it was cool. You know, I, I wanted to prove not only to other people, but to myself, like, Everybody thinks, oh, to travel is way too expensive. And every, all these other experiences are for other people, but they're not for me because of X or Y or whatever it may be. So I was like, here's a person that, you know, because I could work remotely, write articles for Nerd Fitness while, um, while traveling, uh, I wanted to show that people could follow in my follow in my footsteps. So I stayed in really cheap hostels and I made it a goal to come back more financially stable than when I left. So I started traveling through cheaper locations and ended in Europe. So I, I figured by the time I got to Europe, hopefully Nerd Fitness would be generating more revenue and thus make it easier for me to spend a little bit more money each day. So like I started – uh, in Australia and New Zealand, which uh, mostly for comfort because I was afraid of traveling by myself to start. So I started in countries where like my newbie zone in a video game to give me some confidence. And then I went into Southeast Asia where I didn't speak the language, but things were a lot cheaper. And then returned to the United States to go to a few weddings and a conference. And then I jumped over to Europe where things were more expensive, but I had now kind of learned how to travel cheaply and... And nerd fitness started doing better. And a lot of the things that I had done while traveling actually brought in additional publicity to nerd fitness. So I looked at it almost like a 18 month business trip and I would go do something crazy adventurous like skydiving or bungee jumping. I once flew a stunt plane in New Zealand and I lived like James Bond in Monaco. What? And- Wait. <laughs>
0: Wait, how? <laughs> yeah. do you, I, I've been to Monaco. I felt like the I was the poorest person there. <laughs> I was <laughs> twenty one, I think, and I just sat there on the by the waterfall, like that little circle, and I just sat there and had a yep. diet coke because that's it was like eight dollars, <laughs> and that's all I could pay for. But I was in Monaco, and I had a picture yep. to prove it. So
1: sure. how are you, well, James
0: Bond in Monaco? Tell me that.
1: Sure. Well, uh, as somebody that loved video games and and the character James Bond growing up. When I started traveling, I wanted to do all the things I had said I always wanted to do, but had consistently put off and not done so looking at life like a video game, I thought to myself, "I have to live like James Bond for a weekend, and I just had so much fun trying to come up with what that would be now for me, it was okay if i 'm going to be James Bond, I need to get a tuxedo, I need to stay in some exotic location, and I need to gamble you know I, I figured those three those were three attainable things rather than like you know international espionage and And, uh, you know, having, getting chased by that
0: would explode.
1: (laughs) Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I spent a a few days in Nice, France, staying in a very cheap hostel and I am back, you know, I'm in flip flops in a backpack. Somebody in my hostel spoke both English and French. So I brought her with me to this costume shop that I had found. And in the back of the costume shop was a, they, they rented tuxedos inexplicably. It was like giant fuzzy animal costumes. And the back wall was, was like really nice tuxedos. So I rented a tux for, I think it was like 50 euros or 60 euros. So you know, 70, 80 bucks for the weekend. I used hotel points to stay at the Fairmont Monte Carlo, which is a hotel on stilts on the Mediterranean. And then I had set aside, I think it was like 200 bucks or 300 bucks to gamble at the Monte Carlo Casino, and what's funny is like the $300 was more, I think, than I had spent probably in the previous two weeks, but I was like, you know what? I'm going to do this for the experience. Let's see how these 300 bucks go, and I'm either going to lose it all, and I'll have a story, or maybe I'll win something and have an even better story, and fortunately, I actually made you know a few hundred dollars on my gambling so my weekend living like james bond in monaco mm. i actually made money on the entire experience
0: where were you when i was 21 in my diet coke in, in monaco <laughs> sitting there like a sad popper um did you at least take pictures you have pictures right? oh yeah okay, uh, I,
1: good. I have pictures <laughs> there's video of me doing like one-handed push-ups into tux in front of the casino oh, at like God. four in the morning go steve it was <laughs> go
0: steve go steve yeah
1: It was uh, one of those, like, I had that, you know, your diet coke moment. I had that the next morning. I had breakfast and I was sitting there watching these billion dollar yachts pull in. And this was nine or 10 months into my around the world journey and nerd fitness is doing well i just lived like james bond and made money on the experience and i probably started crying i was like how Aww. different my life had become oh, in so the previous sweet. year was was just and, was and you so had no cool.
0: casualties like unlike Zero. james bond would have yes
1: yeah right yeah i didn't um I don't, and nobody died and and i did not make it on any most wanted list so like I did I'm you get the girl to too <laughs> uh, oh, guy, I did I have with some people, but i did not I did not lock down a bond girl unfortunately
0: Spectacular story. I'm glad I asked that question. Let's <laughs> fast forward a little bit and ask about habits. How do you make your financial life operate through good habits?, oh,
1: I think the best things that I've done from a fitness perspective from a improving its skills perspective and financial perspective is like to capitalize on my, my laziness. So like almost make it like I have to think about failing at, at financial success or fail at health and fitness, fail at improving something. And in the book, I talk about the the importance of building habits and, and, adding additional steps between you and bad habits and removing steps between you and good habits. So uh, when it comes to finance, as I previously stated, I try to do everything I can to remove myself having to use willpower to make things happen. So if I'm saving up for a trip, I set aside you know, 20, 30, 50 bucks a month or whatever it may be, automatically deducted into a particular savings account that says like, um, you know, like Steve's upcoming trip or whatever it may be. Uh, I have another one that says, like, you know, Steve's idiot fund, which is, you know, if I, when I used to have a car, if I got a speeding ticket or if something breaks, I drop my phone and the screen shatters, like, I'm already prepared for those situations so that whatever is left in my checking account. Um, can go towards these life-changing experiences, like James Bond or scuba diving and finding Nemo in the Great Barrier Reef, or donating money to great causes, or you know, taking um, violin lessons. I spent the past year while writing this book learning to play the violin and, you know, could, had no problem spending the money each week on a violin instructor and renting a violin because I knew the money was, I, I had it, it was a good investment and it brought me a lot of joy, well, and frustration because playing a violin is freaking difficult um, and had a lot of fun with it along the way.
0: All right. Let's do some so money fill in the blanks. This is our uh, lightning round where I start a sentence and you finish it. First thing that comes to mind. Ready? Got if it. I won the lottery tomorrow, let's say you had James Bond life forever. W- won the lottery, 100 million bucks. First thing I would do is
1: hmm. buy an island in the Caribbean next to Richard Branson's.
0: All right, <laughs> cuz he he's in um, Necker or what Necker Island. Yeah, Necker, Necker, island. Necker island. He yeah. owns yep. Necker Island, right? Or he just has a lot of le- real estate on Necker Island. Oh,
1: no, he he owns it. Owns he, it. Uh, right. He literally owns the island. Runs his business most often from there. You can rent it out for a weekend, whatever. But like one of my goals, and it's so funny, I'd already talked about like experiences over possessions. And the first thing I tell you is to buy an island, which is like probably the most financially irresponsible thing I could do. But uh, I have zero plans of selling Nerd Fitness and whatever. So I think if I had the opportunity, buying an island in the Caribbean and structuring it away so that it could become like nerd fitness island and we just run, you know, yearly camps or whatever it may be and move the whole team there and have some fun with it. Like that's, that sounds like something ridiculous, but also fun that I would, that I'd probably do with it.
0: Yeah. Right on. Okay. One thing that I spend on that makes my life easier or better is.
1: Uh, A fitness coach, which is crazy considering I run a health and fitness company, but I have somebody that I pay to program my workouts for me every month. And because he tells me to do it, I actually hit every workout. I do every exercise and every rep. And it's been about two years now. And as a result, I'm now in far better shape than I've ever been before.
0: What do you look for in a fitness coach?
1: Uh, somebody that has succeeded in a way that I want to succeed. So it's my friend, Anthony Michael, and he lives in Pittsburgh, but he was, you know, uh, physiologically looked like me a few years ago, and now he looks like I want to look. So hiring him, knowing knowing that like he's the type of guy that can do the things that I want to do. And most people like they see, you know, they read Men's Fitness or they read Muscle and Fitness, and it's like how to get in shape like Hugh Jackman and Wolverine. And it's like that dude has three coaches, two nutritionists, a chef, uh, and has to make <laughs> you know has to be in shape, or he loses yeah. his. million contract, like you would be much better off taking advice from somebody that is in your similar lifestyle situation. Well, so if you have kids and you work a busy job, like finding somebody else that has succeeded, that has those same, uh, I don't want to say restrictions, but those same obstacles to overcome, you can, you can, you're going to have a far better chance of succeeding and mentally setting yourself up in a way so you can patiently wait for the success that is coming to you rather than wondering why it hasn't showed up in three, you know, sessions of 15 minutes a week for in six weeks, like it it takes a while and it takes some commitment. So finding Mm -hmm. people that have succeeded in the way that you want to succeed.
0: I've also heard that people in Hollywood, men in particular, who have to bulk up for one movie and then slim down for the next, then bulk up again, and they're in their 50s. You know, they kind of need some magic powder and they go and they get some <laughs> non-FDA approved you know what I'm talking about to absolutely um, yeah what is it called i'm 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 actually i don't even know what it's called but i know that that there's stuff out there it's like the fountain of youth pill basically and it's not at all like FDA approved but it, if you're rich enough you can get your hands on it and you're willing to take the risk cuz you've got a lot at stake
1: yeah well i i think a lot of those actors do probably you know, they, they are probably supervised by scientists or doctors, but steroids, you know, they literally take steroids to get in those positions. And it's no different than most of the men, the the male fitness models that you see, like advertising this particular supplement or weight loss, whatever it's like, those dudes are on steroids. They've probably never touched the supplement that they're currently promoting. They're just doing it because they're getting a paycheck for it.
0: Yeah. It's a lot of pressure. Um, okay. So now, When I splurge, like a lot of money, because you say you know you like to save up for the big wins, the big experiences. One thing I love to splurge on is,
1: uh, there's one thing that I probably splurge on every year, and it's this cruise. It's this cruise called the Rock Boat, and it's a company I used to work for, and it is a floating music festival where we take you know as a giant cruise ship and there's 30 or 40 bands on board and then every other spot on the ship is sold to fans of um, fans of those musicians. So it was a, like I said the company used to work for I did 4 or 5 cruises as an employee where I helped produce and promote and then run the cruises and since then I go on it every year and it's way more expensive than a normal cruise. But I would never go on a normal cruise, and it's like my favorite four days of the year because I get to disconnect completely. The internet doesn't work, my cell phone is turned off, and uh, I get to have some fun traveling and doing things like that. And then one more thing that I that I've loved to splurge on is my my New York City apartment. Uh, I just you know relocated a few months ago from Nashville, Tennessee, and moving to New York. Uh, was certainly, you know, sticker shock. flash of water on how the much face. Was, <laughs> right? Yeah, exactly. But, I, you know, I look out every day at the Empire State Building from my apartment and I work from home and, you know, I, I pay to have all these sirens drive by me every day to get the full experience, so that's quite nice. Um, and it's really inspiring. Like, I read Rockefeller's biography and I look at the Empire State Building every day and it reminds me that, that like, I'm trying to build something Hopefully game changing. And, you know, as, as Steve Jobs said, like I'm trying to put a dent in the universe with this community of nerd fitness and this business and building and moving to New York and spending this money on a, on a moderately sized apartment. It was a splurge, but I don't regret it for a single second. And every day since I've been here has been inspiring and exciting and fun. And I'm so thankful and that I had the opportunity to do that. And I've learned quite a bit from it.
0: What's your New Year's resolution? This is airing in January and I got to ask the man who is good at accomplishing goals, what's your New Year's I mean maybe you don't set them, but if you have a goal this year, what is it?
1: Yeah, well, I uh, I've I've mentioned this to my friend Benny, but uh, Benny invited me to be his uh a groomsman in his wedding coming up in Ireland at on December 31st at the end of this year, so December 31st, 2016. Mm-hmm. And I've been playing violin for the past year and a half now, and I'm still not great. But one of my goals is to sit in a pub in Ireland with the violin with, you know, like I went to Ireland and spent a month there on my trip around the world. And I watch these musicians come in and, you know, local just, you know, men and women bring their instruments in for the evening and sit there and 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 play traditional Irish music I just thought that was so cool so by the end of this year once I book my trip out to Ireland for Benny's wedding I'm bringing my violin and I will have to get good enough between now and then so that I can sit in on at least a few songs and not make a complete fool of myself
0: you won't you won't I you put it in the universe it's gonna happen I can hear the music in my ears I can hear it and there might be a little tap dancing (laughs) in the background well, let's see what else is on this list. All right. The one thing I wish I had learned about money growing up is
1: That's a great question. Uh I think the one thing that I learned, but it wasn't until I stumbled across this idea of building an, an, an online business is that, you know, like I had always thought when you build a business, you're just supposed to write a business plan and then go look for investment capital and give away most of the company and then, and then hope it takes off and and blows up. So like my favorite classes in college were entrepreneurship. But the first thing I did as soon as I got out of college was take a, a, you know, a traditional job because I was like, well, there's no way I can, I don't have a great business idea. Who's going to, you know, I don't want to put together a business plan, et cetera. Eventually I learned like, Oh, well you can start small. You can start something on the side and, And slowly build a business that way. But it took me five years, five, six years of working traditional jobs until I realized, like, why don't we try this other way? Uh, and I wish I had started that earlier, but everybody knows that, you know, kind of this journey that we all take, like good and the bad, uh, make us who we are. So although I wish I had started earlier, you know, uh, I'm, I'm happy and helpful or happy and excited with how things have kind of turned out too.
0: Absolutely. I mean, you learned it at some point. So that's a good thing, I suppose. (laughs) When I donate, I like to give to blank because?
1: I like to give to um, causes that my friends are really excited about. So my sister walks every year, you know, walks a marathon every year for the Jimmy Fund. And uh, I have another friend that volunteers at this camp called Camp Sunshine down in Georgia, which is a summer camp for kids with cancer. And you know, things of that nature. So whenever anybody, you know, anybody that I know is raising money for a cause that is really important to them, um, I gladly donate to that. And then also just thanks to my time uh, volunteering at the the Children's Hospital in Nashville, Tennessee. Anytime there's an opportunity to give money to to kids that are in situations that you know really truly wasn't their fault, um, you know, gladly gladly give to those causes as well.
0: Yeah, I was watching TV last night, all the St. Jude commercials. I'm like. Oh, oh my god. I got to cry right. I know yeah. it's it's terrible. Like I I can't. I'm just I I just I take my money. Just take it. Just take just all of it. it. <laughs> all right, Steve, last but not least, I'm so money. I'm Steve Cam. I'm so money because
1: I'm so money because I get to wake up every day excited to work on something that makes other people's lives better. I have created jobs in which uh, I've now helped make team members of Nerd Fitness make their lives better and their families' lives better. I have the freedom to spend my time on things that are important to me and the ability to travel and have experiences that I will get to cherish and remember and share with uh, friends, family, eventual grandchildren. Um, And as a result of that, I feel like I'm Pretty damn money right now.
0: You are pretty damn money, and it's just the beginning. It's just January. I look forward to hearing about your violin session in in <sighs> Ireland.
1: <laughs> <Come> <laughs> I'm already getting here. nervous just thinking about it.
0: Yeah, and really a, a wonderful book. And I think you know you wrote it for your nerds, but I think that it's fun for anybody who's trying to. If you don't consider yourself a nerd, but you you are interested in self improvement, getting healthier in your mind and in your body this year and your that is one of your resolutions steve cam to the rescue thank <laughs> you so much
1: steve thanks for the opportunity
0: that is Steve Cam. His book is called Level Up Your Life, available now in bookstores. If you'd like to learn more about him, his website is nerdfitness.com. He is also on Twitter at Steve Cam. Check out somoneypodcast.com to grab the transcript, the comments, and also the audio, to download the audio for this podcast. Go to somoneypodcast.com. And while you're there and you're hanging out, click on Ask for because that is the best way to reach me. If you got a question, I will add it to my list of questions to answer every Friday on Ask Farnoosh. Thanks so much for tuning in, everyone. Hope your day is so money.